it's Lindsay and Carmel with Single and Mighty, the podcast for single parents leading mighty lives. And today we're talking to Taryn Sartler. Taryn is a productivity expert who developed her skills after becoming a single mom and realizing that she needed to make the most of her time if she was going to be there for her kids in the way that she wanted to. And she got so good at it that it became her business. And she now helps other people to approach their time with intention and making sure that the most important things are what go into the calendar and actually get done. I really loved this talk. It was so practical. It was like a skills session in learning how to block your time and how to get things done, multiple things done all at once. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Taryn is so good at, you know, really breaking things down to what's most important to you and, Mm -hmm. and, and also that self-care piece. So Mm -hmm. she's talking about how to put things in your calendar, right? The, the order in which you put things in your calendar, starting with, you know, yourself, Cause it's really hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it is hard to do that as single parents. And yet mm-hmm. it's something that we need to do, right? As she said, uh, during this interview, you can't pour from an empty vessel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that since talking to Taryn, I have been more comfortable putting my time in to get my running done um, before starting work and not freaking out when it means I'm starting work at 10 because I know that's a priority to me. And I know that you've done that too. You've blocked time in your life to do your, your mountain biking and your training on your bike, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Taryn's had a part in that for me too, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I took a, a workshop with her a while back and she said, you need to put that self-care piece in first. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try that and see how it goes. And it seems so revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and, and no, you know, I think anyone who just doesn't have a lot of time it can be so easy to cut out the things for ourselves and That's say, right. Oh, I just, I don't have time for that today. And the problem is that we don't have time for it today. We don't have time for it tomorrow. We don't have time for it the next day. And pretty soon, you know, like two weeks has gone by and we've done nothing for ourselves and we're tired and we're burnt out and we're wondering why life is so hard and why there's no joy. Yeah. Yeah. So if you find yourself kind of putting things off that you really wish you were doing and you're never finding a chance to do it, or you're never, you know, showing up the way you want to show up, even in your family. I think this was a really good interview for helping us strategize how to, how to change our calendars and our lives. Yeah. And it, and it all starts with the mindset. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Let's share it. Yes. Let's share it. Taryn, I I think you just have such a fabulous story um, to share with other single parents, not just uh, for the experience that you've had, but for how it's kind of turned into a whole career for you right? You solved a problem and now you teach other people how to solve the same problem. So I'd love for you to share a bit about that journey, your single parent journey and and how that turned into a career for you. 
Sure. Let's go all the way back, if we could, to the beginning. So my children are now 26 and 22 years old, and I had been married young and then subsequently divorced young. That's the part of marriage we don't always pick, right? Um, and so my they're about four years apart. My daughter was eight weeks old the last time we saw my now ex-husband. Uh, long story short, it was an uppercut to the jaw, and I vowed I would never be the woman that that was in an abusive relationship. And I had two choices, one, fight back, or two, get the heck out and um, just be done with the relationship, which is the route that we went. And so it made our, thank you, it made our story um, different in the sense that our family unit was then always mm. three. I chose chose not to date while they were growing up because they deserved me to be present as mom. And I didn't have time, nor did I want them exposed to all of the rituals that are the dating world, right? And um, then I also wanted to be successful in my own right. And that to me meant not missing the baseball games and choir performances and having the play dates and being present as they truly deserved me to be while building a business and my own self-worth and my own value and paying the bills and keeping food on the table, uh -huh. right? Priority one. Uh -huh. And so really quickly in that, uh, the one way I could realize that success was to master my calendar. How can I be in all of the places at one time without a second driver, without financial support? Uh, I was blessed when they were still younger. My grandmother was around and retired and healthy and vibrant and was able to help in, in some situations. But it was sometimes uh, get them off to school in the morning, get to work, go to the lunch concert performance, go back to work, go pick them up, have dinner with them, do some homework, drop them at grandma's, have another evening appointment, pick them up, take them home, get ready for bed, and just make sure all of the parts were moving. And there was a lot of trial mm -hmm. and error. Uh, there was a lot of reading. There was a lot of studying. Podcasts are wonderful, but they weren't as readily right. available 26 years, mm -hmm. 22 years ago. And so uh, a lot of the information uh, in the systems were, were self-taught in a compilation of all of the readings and trainings that I could possibly take in my spare time, which was no, not there's a lot. Not. So, <laughs> hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. yeah. It is. And so fast forward, um, I started building a business and actually um, I, I currently operate two companies and um, have started others in the past and walked away from them for different reasons or sold out. So I have that entrepreneur spirit, but still have to be mom first. And even now, part of Part of my morning today was running around helping my daughter with a, a, in a situation as, as an adult, because when they grow up, they're still our babies. Oh, so true, right? And we're maybe not. It is, and and the ch they still have challenges. They're just different challenges right. than they were in, in, as they're growing up. Um, and so, still being able to be present and having that autonomy. But how did we get there? So. Um, I, it was 2019 when I officially launched the company as it is now, and I was working with an executive coach, and for everyone out there, if you've not had a coach or a mentor, please, please, please get one. They're so valuable. It really helps so much to have a second set of eyes on almost any situation, mm -hmm. right? We're too attached um, to everything else, and so I wanted to level up my other business, my other practice, and I knew there were gaps. Um, is it systems? Is it staffing? What am I missing? How do I get to that next level? 
And this concept of time management kept coming up. We do a lot of networking and I was out and often, and and you may have heard this, um, when you're talking to people, oftentimes, especially the entrepreneur and the solopreneur, they don't have enough time in the day or they feel guilty. Yeah, that all the time from entrepreneurs and single parents, both. Actually, I kind of hear it from everybody, but (laughs) those are my people. (laughs) And that's that's exactly right. And that's where I'm going with this is you have your entrepreneur, your solopreneur now add in being a single parent. And now you're guilty when you're at work because you're not at home and being present there. or You're guilty at home because you're not present at work and trying to be successful and you want to be in all places. So how can you make that happen? And it was a conversation that I was having quite frequently, um, coffee meeting with a, a singlepreneur mom, singlepreneur dad. And they're like, yeah, I just don't have enough time in the day. I don't know how people do it. So it started to give away these ticks, tips and tricks and um, habits. And my coach stopped me in my tracks and she said, you know, this keeps coming up. You have a viable solution to a very common problem in the marketplace. Could you start? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs you. <laughs> yes. and, and so I did. And what yeah, yeah. And and so he did. And what the company looks like has definitely shifted um, from 2019 until now. It started out with public workshops, but the meat and potatoes have always been the same. How can I sit down with somebody uh, that single parent or that entrepreneur that is a single parent? And it could be a busy sales profession. It's often people who have you know autonomy in their schedule. So they don't have a manager telling them what to do all the time, every day. And um, they need to, to develop these disciplines so that they can be present in all, all places and start giving themselves mm-hmm. some grace and really setting mm-hmm. some boundaries because that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Uh, I would say the top tip for any single parent uh, as an entrepreneur or, or in um, some sort of sales setting where they, where they can be free throughout their day um, is to make choices and learn to say uh-huh. no and set boundaries. Yes, so hard. And deal with that. Right. And, and Carmel, when she speaks, uses the term, you know, think about it as if we'll ask if your future self will be happy with this decision. And to continue to do that um, is so very, very important. But how do we do it? So we get stuck in all of the busy work. It's the work that takes us down the rabbit hole in the day. Is That's where we get stuck in the weeds. Um, so figuring out our priorities so that we can be laser focused, learn to delegate and automate the things that we don't need to be doing, and be creative. If you don't enjoy doing laundry, there uh-huh. are services for that. Uh-huh. Is worth your financial bucket to hire that out or your emotional bucket to hire it out if it doesn't make you feel whole, be creative. There are meal services. You can have groceries delivered, whether it's personally or professionally. If it doesn't draw revenue yes. or give you time with your loved yes. maybe you don't need to. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. I so resonate with that. I have so <laughs> learned that. <laughs> I'm a solo yeah. parent as well. So I know, I know it's like, you're always, how can I be in three places at once and still be able to be emotionally present for my kids too, because you could do all the things, but be completely flat at the end of right. all of that. You can show so up at every game with a laptop right, right. on your, on your lap. Right? Yeah, you're you're yeah. physically there, but you know, you're, you're trying to kill two birds with one stone and it's, it's probably not working. Nobody's really happy. It feel good. It's mm-hmm. not, no, and it's such a great book and it, and it, 
on the topic of multitasking. It's the one thing, if you've ever read it, amazing book, comes with a workbook if you really want to dig deep, um, fun for study groups to do together or book clubs. But it really talks about how, as a society, we've been taught and trained that multitasking is a positive. We were told to put it on our resume. It's a sales pitch for ourselves. We can multitask, but we can't and we shouldn't. So it takes the brain so many seconds to reset every time you're interrupted, whether that interruption is external or something you're causing on your own by trying to be present. So if you're working on work and your child comes in to ask a question, and then you go back to work, you actually lose moments in time because now you have to reset and figure out where you were, get back to that focus. Um, And so it's figuring out how to mitigate those interruptions, whether it's technology or a person, it's figuring out how to mitigate those boundaries. There are are some situations where multitasking is possible. I've heard this and I I do believe it. So I'm kind of curious in your in your expert opinion, what would be some things that you could still you could still multitask? Because it's not like we can't do it at all. It's just maybe there are certain tasks where we need focus, where it's not going to be helpful. Right. That, that's a really good question, and this is where I call it like batch batch work, right? Are there similar tasks? You can listen to a book and earn education while you're doing the dishes. That's still multitasking. We're using our mind in one space and physical body in another, but they're not conflicting. And so that works out really well. Um, Driving, as long as you don't get too sucked into a book or an audio or a podcast, is a really good time to use that sort of dead space to learn and grow ourselves personally and professionally. It's also a great time to have conversations with our family, right? It's definitely quiet time. It's time to engage. And uh, so those are some good situations, but also batch work. So if you're working on work and that includes emails, social media, that type, as long as you're not in the engagement part of social media. Um, so you're writing a blog, you're creating an email and you're doing social media work can all be done at the same time. And they actually batch really well from a multitasking standpoint, because you can pick that blog apart and make it into chunks for smaller social media pieces all at the same time because you're in that same creative space and it's not taking your brain off focus in any of those yeah. moments. Those would be yeah. some. I love that. The idea yeah. of once you're in the creative space, like just maximizing, I mean, I'm all about repurposing content, but even just for the idea that your head is there right now. And so what more can you do with that yes. head space? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I missed the name yeah. of the book that you were talking about, Taryn. The, the one, one thing. thing. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I should get you the author by Gary Mm, Keller. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It really, Mm -hmm. it really comes down to like your ability to function. There's so much more stress on your system of when you're the solo parent or a single parent, you can't function if you're just completely squeezing out every last moment, every last drop, trying to do everything at once. You just become this big, yeah, you're in a big mess. So really being more, it sounds like you're more intentional about being present and focused in the moment is, it sounds like what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And you can't serve, you simply cannot serve from an empty vessel, period, right? I use that saying Mm -hmm. all of the time. Um, And Eleanor, her name will come to me, we'll find it, um, is the one who originally said that. But 
truthfully, if we don't take care of ourselves first, how are we giving our best to other people? And that comes up so Mm -hmm. frequently. We're chasing around with kids and trying to squeeze in appointments for work. Well, are we really giving any of them our best attention? We want to show as the best caregiver for our clients, for our children, for our families, for our loved ones, whatever that looks like. But we can't do it fully if we're not energized, if our emotional and energy bucket isn't full. So we have to reset. Um, the process is actually really simple. And and I when I work with people or talk in front of groups, I take them through a couple of exercises to help them figure mm-hmm. out what their priorities are. First, and professionally. Mm-hmm. Once we've solidified that, then we teach them how to get it into their calendars. And the system works whether they're a paper planner person or whether they're a digital calendar person. It works. Either way, we put the stuff in and it's learning to be exactly what you said earlier, Lindsay. It's learning to be on mm. purpose with putting that in our calendar and be proactive rather than reactive. So um, I teach people to put their personal time in first. Anything for you or your kids, if you're a, a single parent, that goes in first. Like hot bath on a Wednesday night with a cup of tea. If you want to do that, put it in, block it off from now until the end of time. That Wednesday night is yours. It's a, an appointment with yourself and it's, it's non-negotiable. Of, it's because of you, Taryn, that I actually have a running uh, every day at three o'clock, go for a bike ride every day. Mm. Now there are days when it it. doesn't happen because of, you know, different stuff, but it's in my calendar and nine times out of 10, it happens because I put it in my calendar. Because it's there. And once it's there, we don't schedule over appointments Mm -hmm. with ourselves, Right. It's like, and, 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 uh, for those who have a difficulty with that, right. It's easy to put, I'm going Mm -hmm. to the gym every day at 7 p.m. and then not show up for yourself. And usually it's because nobody's paying attention. Nobody else has eyes on our calendars. And so if it isn't something that you truly want to be doing now, Carmel, you love bicycle riding. Not, I don't love going to the gym, but I know it's a necessary evil because I want to be around 40 years from now and still active. And, and so that's when an accountability partner Mm. comes in. We are way more likely to disappoint ourselves, especially if yes. no one's watching, than anybody else. So if I have a sister or a friend or a colleague that I meet at the gym once or twice a week, I don't want to be the one to cancel. I'm not going to disappoint right. her. But if it's in there and I don't want to do it, it's really easy to disappoint me. So that's one way to set a habit or, or create a habit or, or set some boundaries is putting that accountability yeah. in I think, there. I think another great way if you can't find an accountability partner is to actually schedule a class. Like um, I, there's a, a yoga studio nearby yes. and um, I haven't been going lately because just some priorities have shifted. But for like three years, I had a I booked into a class. Like it was, it was booked. It wasn't like drop in. It was like, I booked in and that was my time to go. And if I didn't go, I lost my 20 bucks or whatever right. it was. Right. So right. it's kind of another form yeah. of accountability. It is a game. Mm. Yep. As soon as you have skin in the game, you don't want, it is, it's, it's forced accountability then. Right. That's wonderful. Um, and so that accountability piece comes in for the kids. You can find most of their schedules for months to come, rec departments, the schools. It's all out there. Take some time. Go grab all of those calendars and put them all into yours so that you don't have to worry about missing anything. And then include drive time, right? 
build that drive time in so you're not running right up against it and it's four o'clock and you're supposed to be that there at four. Um, and so you schedule yourself, you schedule anything with your, your kids as a, a solo parent or whatever that looks like. And then social time is important as well, right? That's part of us filling our emotional buckets. Then we put in what I would call green time and not to get too far into the weeds in, in uh, the programming itself necessarily, but we do talk a lot about calendar coding or color coding and people always complain right away, Taryn, I've tried it. It's never worked for me. It doesn't work when we're reactive. So we right. pick a color for tasks and then we fill them as, as in as those things come up. But if we pre-plan when those are supposed to happen, our calendar, it almost becomes a fun game. So if you pick an ideal calendar for your work, whatever that looks like, and you want to see clients at um, 10 a.m., 1 p.m., and 3 p.m. on Mondays, you block those off in green appointments because green means money. It's revenue time. And your job is to fill it. The appointment's already set. The question is who's going to be there I at that, that time, right? Mm-hmm. So, Yeah a very fun game and then you know and you only swap green time for green time so I talk often to people about having a plan b activity if you don't fill it or somebody reschedules on you last minute it happens what are you going to do that can still drive your business forward so when it's four o'clock five o'clock 3 p.m. when it's time to go on a bicycle ride and you're ready to shut down you can feel comfortable that you've done something to move your profession forward and still feel okay being present at home now mm. because you've done that. Mm-hmm. My non-negotiable self is scheduling, dialing the phone until I get two more appointments on the books I did not have before that mm. hour started. Then I can go grocery shopping or get my nails done or if there's still time left over. Um, and so after revenue time, then we schedule in our busy work. That's the stuff we're doing for ourselves that could probably be automated or delegated. Um, it's getting, it's going down the social media rabbit hole, right? We mean, mean to be on social media for business or to check in on a friend. And next thing you know, it's an hour later, you're on TikTok watching my dog. <laughs> Hashtag just Joey. Just Joey. Just Joey. I love it. <laughs> He's my nine pound snaggle. He's super cute. Um, and, so, but it happens. It's, it's social media whether it's engagement, posting content, what have you, it's email, it's paperwork, research, those things that could get batched together. But if we don't control them, they control us. And that's where our free time goes. I think that's just so important what you just said. If we don't control them, Mm -hmm. they control us. And I, I don't Mm -hmm. think that we can Mm -hmm. emphasize that enough. If we're not putting intention, our managing our own intention and planning, you know, and it doesn't have to be far out planning, but planning, like, what do I want to happen in this time that I have? What's worth, what's worth me spending my time and energy and sometimes money on? Yes. Because time truly is our most valuable resource. It's a currency that we forget about and we trade it all of the time for things that our future selves may not be thinking. I love it so much. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a period right now where I've, I quit my job just under a year ago and I've been starting up my own business and I'm completely going into the, like I've been a solo parent for almost 10 years, but I'm completely going into the workaholic version of me where it's like, yeah, it's just really like, you're right. If you don't control it, it controls you, but there is nothing that feels like I can put it on my calendar unless it's moving towards these 
work goals. And so when somebody is like in a, in a period of time when they're extreme and, and they need to make a shift to get their life back or maybe to be more productive, um, what are some like extreme moves that you, you've helped people make? That's an excellent question. And I almost wonder if it's a natural progression. I myself went through sort of a workaholic phase. And then I realized that uh, uh, solopreneurs, especially single parents who now their children are maybe getting a little older and we realize more free time. Now it's time to do something for ourselves and we're finding our self-worth mm-hmm. in right. our work. Yeah. And that's okay. That's absolutely okay. But we also then have to step back and realize solopreneurs, entrepreneurs will work 80 hours a week just to avoid working 40 for somebody else. <laughs> totally. But where's that free time? Where's the free time that you wanted Revisit your why. Why did you get into business as a single parent? Oftentimes it's for that autonomy so you can be present for the kids. And we forget mm-hmm. that. So now we take all of our time doing this busy work. And when we truly learn to work smarter, not harder, you realize you can live the life that you're working towards mm-hmm. now. That can start today. It's often that I'm I'm on this this hamster wheel because I'm trying to get all of this stuff done so I can be successful so that I can make enough revenue so I can live the life I eventually want to live. Start today. Just take a deep breath, right? (laughs) (laughs) Said then done. And there are studies out there on Mm -hmm. burnout. There are some great podcasts. There's there's so, and that's what it comes down to because if you don't take enough time, you will burn out. And then again, you're doing a disservice to your family and your clients. And there's also research to show the more you step away from work, the more productive you are when you're in it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. You're right. Right on. So I'm really curious if you were to design your ideal schedule, whether it's a day or a week, mm-hmm. what would that look like for you? So I already have it in my calendar. Of course you do. Not that it doesn't, <laughs> not that it doesn't change, but I'll just give you a couple of, of items that are regular. So I believe in doing, uh, having bookends to your day. They don't have to start at the same time necessarily, um, but having that routine helps your body get ready for the day. So my morning, one that my non-negotiable is my morning power hour. It's 20 minutes of each of mind, body, and soul. I do not start my day. I have a cup of coffee. I hang out with Joey and I do my power hour. Then I get ready for my day. Um, I don't take clients until 10 a.m. My peak hours are 10 a.m. to noon and then again around 8 p.m. And so I've learned that I'm even if I'm present and at the office at 8 or 9, I'm not whole right? I'm mentally foggy still. I know I'm peaking at 10 a.m. And so that's when I'll take my first client. Um, I only work one evening a week and I don't work weekends. Um, and and not that I won't get things done on the weekends or, or tie up loose ends or get some social media done. Um, my Sunday get things done day before I go have a Sunday fun day, right? That's okay. Um, but I don't take client meetings on those days. And uh, so in the summer, it includes a lot of boat time. Um, I've, I've set a point system for myself. So I know if, I'm, if I get enough points in each day and it's one o'clock and I don't have any more client meetings, if it's 80 degrees in Wisconsin, in the U.S., you are a lucky girl. Go out nice. to the lake. Right. So boating is scheduled in. I actually had a group out um, last week of women, a mix of clients, prospects, and, and women that I network with. 
because I like to spend time on the boat. So it's scheduled in and then I, and then I invite people uh, to come share that with me. I have vacations that are pre-planned throughout the year. My goal is 12 a year. Mm-hmm. I have family dinners scheduled in because although the children are adults now, they I still want to hang out with them. And they're back to the ages where we're having dinner with mom oh, is cool. So nice, so we, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, so mm-hmm. great. Um, but life gets busy, so we make sure that that's planned ahead. I we I even have a rotating um, date night with my fiancé, Dan, to make sure that we're present in our relationship as well. And we find that having that date night scheduled in makes us plan more, and then we're more present with right. each other during those Very hours. Nice. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Date night isn't just for, you know, busy, busy single parents who need to, or, you know, couples who have young children, Yeah, even, you know, even once a lot of that busyness goes away and you have a little bit more time to focus on yourself, that's still important to put that in the calendar because it says, this is a priority for me. This is a priority for us. Right. This is what's happening Mm -hmm. in this time. And, and the systems can seem a little overwhelming and I get that quite a bit as well. Uh, and I promise people up front, there's going to be anxiety. You're going to look at your calendar for the next couple of weeks and go, when does Taryn expect me to get everything done? My calendar's full. But the point is you get it done in the times that you've predetermined you're going to get them done in, right? Now it's just making use of that time frame and not allowing it to become white space. Um, and, and so to continue on, mm-hmm. go back to the, um, ideal campus. I do work, uh, Client facing time is four and a half days a week, 44 weeks of the year. Okay. And that's like four and a half full Mm -hmm. days. Yep. Four and a half. Right. Mondays, Mondays, um, it's three, my long day, I see four clients, three clients, uh, Mondays to, sorry, Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays are my long day. So I'll take four. And then Fridays, I only work a half a day and that's 44 weeks of the year. The rest is vacation time, time on the boat pre-planned, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's so important to hold a vision for what you, what you want your calendar to look like. I love that you start with the mm-hmm. ideal calendar. Do you find mm-hmm. that for your clients, once they get over the anxiety of, Oh my God, like all of these colors, it looks like all of my time is booked. It looks like I have no free time, but once they get over that, is there like this sense of freedom? <laughs> yes. Yes, so much freedom. And it's empowering to know that you have that kind of control once you realize it. Um, And I teach them to book flex time in so that they can see there's free time in the day every day. Even if things get behind, that flex time sort of keeps you safe, if you will, and gives you some downtime or or catch-up time. Um, But I have people that have called that are, that are using the system. And once you see the colors, if you, again, I use green, red, yellow for work. Green is money, revenue time. Red is that busy work. And yellow are the things we should hold caution to, like networking. We can network ourselves right out of a career, right? If we don't do anything with it. And then how much time are we losing for ourselves professionally and as a solo parent, right? How much, how much time are we losing at home because we're networking too much? And so to be on purpose with those items, um, and then the colors that I have for personal, um, but once they look at that and see ahead of time, now they know how much money they're going to be making in the weeks to come because they see that they have enough green time on the calendar. So as a solopreneur, entrepreneur, or single parent, knowing that money is coming in, 
is really, really important, right? We want to know it's consistent and you can just see it. Um, you also can start to tell if you're spending too much time in the weeds, personally or professionally, right? What am I doing that's eating up all of my time where I could be more present at home or in business. Um, and so that visual aspect is really, really helpful. But they do, they come back and um, there's a sense of relief. There's a sense of empowerment and they are they become really, really excited um, when they can reframe it from feeling anxious to excited about all the colors mm-hmm. in, their, in their family. Yeah, I kind of think of that Ikea commercial where they're like, oh, we just got the best deal, drive fast, go, go, go. <laughs> Nobody knows, but we're stealing time. I love it. I love it. Excellent. So what are some things that people can learn to do just sort of on their own if they're listening to this podcast and they really want to get head like a head start on on figuring their calendar out? Would you start with color coding? Would you start with personal time? Where would you go with that? Uh, Start with personal time first first and foremost. Always uh, you have to get scheduled in first. It has to be a non-negotiable appointment. Your self-care, your physical well-being, um, your being a steward of your profession, right? Continuing to learn and grow. Whatever that looks like, what you want that to look like absolutely needs to go into the calendar. Everything else gets filled in afterwards or we're, again, doing a disservice to our, our families and our clients. Outside of that, understanding your priorities. And so a quick way to to work through that exercise is to write down, take a timer, five minutes, write down all of the things you do in a day, a week, a month, a year that make your world turn personally and professionally, all of it, write it all down and then repeat the exercise, but focus specifically on just the items that eat your time or don't make you feel whole, right? Laundry, paperwork, whatever that is. Um, And then start to batch them what of these busy items, this these time-eating items, can put be put in one category so that my brain can mm-hmm. multitask but stay on focus, right? We talked about social media, emails, blogging, and content. That can all be in one batch because we stay in that same creative space. Research, proposals, paperwork. Now we're working for clients can all be in another space. Working on crafts for the PTA, whatever that looks like, batch nice. those items and then you're you're staying more focused and then not only is it scheduled in but this is my number one time hack if if your listeners take nothing else away from this use a timer and it has to tick when you're working on busy work it's the name of the company tiktok it's about time People have heard of the Pomodoro technique. Um, I'll come back to that in a moment. It does work very well. But the ticking itself does two other things for you. So you're working on busy work. It's the stuff that takes you down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. You hear the ticking? It does two things. One, your brain is a machine and it knows that a bell is going to ding at the end of that timer and it wants to get everything you've scheduled for yourself done in the time before the, it, it wants to. It's a machine. It wants to be fast. You will actually work harder and be more productive in the same amount of time if you have that ticking timer going than if you don't. The other thing it does is brings you back to focus. So you're working on emails and then somehow you're on TikTok watching hashtag just Joey, right? That ticker is going to come, your, your brain will tune it out, but all of a sudden it'll come back to focus. And that's your brain's trigger to go, oh, I'm supposed to be working in this space for this purpose. Let me get back to work so you can stay on task 
while it's scheduled mm. in. It's kind of like creating, they all have algorithms to keep you hooked. It's like creating your own little algorithm to keep yourself yeah. unhooked. It Good. is. It is. And then if you, if you want to do the Pomodoro technique, it's uh, 20 or 25 minutes on 20, 25 minute break using the timer. The timer lets you know when that time frame is up. So you, for people, we have shorter attention spans and they're unfortunately getting shorter, right? Just the way of our society. Right. Um, but that keep, if you know, you have 25 minutes to do one task and then 25 minutes to do a different task to give your brain or body a break, even if it's getting up and walking away and, and getting some physical movement in and coming back. Um, there have been studies to show that that helps people be more productive as well. Mm, yes. I do yeah. that. I do the Pomodoro technique. It's great, but you have to be careful not to use your break for some other work. You have yes. to like actually take the break. Right. It's that batching. Yes. 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 It's that batching. And even, um, uh, whether it's something that has to be done, um, or something, something you don't enjoy doing, whatever that is. And we have that taking and we know we get that break or we've scheduled an hour with the, the timer and it's ticking and we know that there's going to be an end. It's then having the boundaries and giving ourselves grace to actually stop doing it when the timer goes off and go on to the next task at hand. And that's where people get stuck in the weeds because we think, oh my gosh, I, I didn't finish that report. Well, if there isn't a client deadline for it, does it absolutely have to be done now or can it wait till your next time block session to finish it? Does every email have to be checked in this moment? No, the inbox is a never yes. ending. It's almost like a to-do list. It never ends. And so you have to be okay with shutting it off. In fact, I try to teach people to stay out of their email. Um, unless you're a virtual assistant and emails are your job for other people, really, you should only have to check them maybe three right, times yeah. a day. Yeah, I think that's great advice because you can get lost in things like email and social media. I've actually had the experience where I, I had something purposeful to do on his social media. I get on there and all of a sudden I'm scrolling and I'm like, what did I come on here for? Like, it, that's how bad it is. <laughs> I almost right. have to write down yes. before I open the window, yeah. I have to write yeah. down what I'm what I'm planning to do on there so that, you know, when I get on there and I find myself scrolling, I go, Oh, wait a minute. No, I was supposed to be doing X. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly mm -hmm. it. There's also the one more thing uh, that yes. I sometimes fall victim to, right. right. Where, um, you know, quote unquote victim of my own making where uh, I've got a certain period of time to work on something. And then I'm like, really close to being done or, you know, I'm, I'm almost at half 50% done or whatever it might be. I'd be like, Oh, I'll just, mm -hmm. I'll just deal with this one more email or just do this. And we have to, I think we have to get out of that habit because one more thing could turn into Absolutely. 10 more minutes or 20 more minutes. And it's like that interruption. There's a knock at the door and do you have a minute? And it's never right. a minute. One more thing. It's never just one more thing, right? Our, our to-do lists personally and professionally are never ending. That's just how it works. So we have to be okay with that. And, and, um, what's fascinating though, is if we get to the end of that busy work, I'm like, Oh, I just have this one more thing. You wouldn't make a client wait on zoom for you to pop in or a client sit outside of your office for you to finish that one thing. But we're so again, easy to cancel mm -hmm. on ourselves. And so if that one more thing is cutting into personal time, sometimes family time, we're okay with it because we're just going to finish it. And then it's an hour later and now we feel guilty where 
learning to shut that down and go back to it, knowing we have another time scheduled in later today or sometime tomorrow, but being okay with it and shutting it down, that's where our free time really comes in and we can excel in life and have our boundaries. Yeah, really learning like that brain training thing. That's a really good point about even if it feels like arbitrary that you have an hour and of course I can do 20 more minutes, but just teaching your brain that pattern that I can put this down, I can pick it up later. That's a tricky one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I can see how that would lead to freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I'm not a mindset girl. I practice different mindset techniques, but it's not my wheelhouse to teach that to other people. I deal with the tactical side. Um, but I know some great coaches, um, at Carmel being one of them that says amazing things like, will your future self, thank you for this decision. I can't say it enough. Right. But people resonate with that. And, um, but one thing I did for myself that I will tell other people is, is, I like reframing things. I like the concept that, you know, learning um, at a younger age that the feeling, the physical feeling that your body um, um, conjures up, the physical feeling when you feel fear or anxiety is this exact same physical feeling that you get when you're excited about something. And so if you've ever been fear-filled to turn around and go, no, I'm really excited about this, right? That type of reframing. And it's the same when we're talking about busy work in our calendar. Okay. I could do the one more thing, but I'm committing to myself and I'm excited about that. And at the end of the week, I'm going to do this for myself because I've held these appointments to their dedicated times all week long, whatever that is. Um, there's, there is more science. It's from the book Atomic Habits that there is more um, excitement in the brain for the anticipation of receiving a reward than there is in the reward itself. And so if you can build a habit of all week long, I'm going to stick to my calendar on purpose, dedicated, blocked times. And if I do that, I get to do this for myself at the end of the week. The anticipation of that reward will help you stay on task. Yeah. Great way to stay motivated. Yeah. Um, BJ Fogg, who's another habits researcher, actually uh, talks about celebrating as soon as you do something. Like, so, you know, you do your 25 minutes and you cut yourself off at the 25 minutes and you like give yourself a high five or like have a little one woman yeah. dance party or shake a pom pom yes. or whatever it is, something that makes you feel positive yeah. because those positive emotions reinforce the action that you've taken. Absolutely. I love yeah. the dance party. I wish I would have thought of that. For me, I always write down, um, when I was building the habits, I had this cute little jar and I decorated it and had LED lights around it. And I had these little round papers. And when I stuck to a task, I wrote it down. I would draw on it, right? And I would put it in the jar. And at the end of the week, I would reread all of the things that I kept myself accountable to and then celebrate with it. And if I had a bad week, if there was something in there that didn't happen, I would write down all the negativity. This didn't go right. I was unhappy with this. And then I would burn it, love it. in the sink. Nice. And it was nice. Right? But that physical yeah. movement or that physical activity is so important. And it really helps reinforce all of those. Habits. Yeah. And the other thing that you said like that, the brain really gets the high out of anticipating receiving the reward. If you're not delivering on those rewards, you're teaching yourself there's no cheese there. There's no reward, no reason yes. to be excited, yes. right? You, if you keep letting yourself down, I know this from personal kind of experience. If you, if you don't follow through and 
yeah, pay yourself back, have that time, do that special thing, then, then you lose that motivation. You no longer have that little hack. That's an excellent point. You're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. So now I know a lot of what we've been talking about has really been geared towards entrepreneurs, but it's not just entrepreneurs who Mm -hmm. are listening, I think. And so, you know, can this still apply to someone who has like a nine to five job? Absolutely. Somebody who's a nine to five, they still want to be productive in their work. Maybe they're going after a transition, um, a a, a promotion, right? They still want to be productive at work. And so those same sort of batching of tasks and color coding works there, but even more so because now they may not have freedoms within the day if they're working for someone to be present at some of those family type things or run out and get the snacks that the kid needs for the three o'clock practice because they signed you up as snack parent and you didn't know it. (laughs) Remember those things, right? Um, And so being on purpose with with their time before and after their nine to five is equally as valuable and it works same. Perfect. That's fantastic. Well, we, we've loved this. This has been so great. I have like, I've been writing a lot. I'm sure you've heard some of my papers rustling. (laughs) I just have to write it all down. (laughs) You had said at the beginning that when you work with your clients, you first start by Mm -hmm. getting them to set their priorities. And I thought, I was wondering Mm -hmm. if you had a you know, a, an exercise to use. You did talk about dumping them all the tasks that you do, which I think is a great example of that. But I was, I was curious about that. Yes, there are a handful of questions that I go through, uh, and really, uh, it's kind of know your client. There are visual learners and audio learners and kinesthetic learners, and so the questions tend to change. They also change depending on what their profession is um, or if they're working or not working. And so, um, but it's very goal oriented. We talk a lot about goals because we can have personal goals, professional goals, um, but they have to be ours and teaching them to, to clear out the noise. So I actually go through a five minute guided exercise talking about their future self and they're living their best day, the best day. And they don't know it's coming. And so you put them into this quiet space and their eyes are closed and they're deep breathing and they're really just working with their intention and their, um, right, their inner voice and their, their Mm -hmm. subconscious and all of these visions and the story builds in their head. And then it becomes, are you working towards that? And if not, how do we get you there? Because your priorities lie in that story. And so that's one of the exercises. And then we go over goal planning and we go over what their tasks tasks are. So the brain dump is very important when we're working. Um, so I can help them then organize all of those tasks and batch them and also cut out what they don't need to be doing because we don't always need to be doing all of the things we task right. ourselves with. Delegate or yeah. dump, right? So, yeah. 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 And I think that's so important. Yeah. And it's, it's important to... Uh, build an awareness of what's truly essential, what really needs to be done by us, mm-hmm. and what are we just, where are we just telling ourselves a story? Right, right. And sometimes people are in transition and, and will ask questions around that too. Um, but is it, are they our wants and dreams? Are they uh, sort of placed on us by society or pressure or whatever that looks. I want to be the mom equal to these moms or the dad equal to these, right? What that single parent looks like. I want to be just as good as them, but good is so relative. Oh, so subjective. Right? And we yes. And we don't know what's behind, going on behind their closed yes. doors. Totally. Live our best yeah. life. 
What's our family goal? Um, and so, yeah, we work through a lot of those exercises, really narrowing in on the, the priorities and then putting them into action. Yeah. I love that. I can also see like, like you, your kids are grown. Mine are in like that stage where they're two or three of them are growing. And I can see like, okay, well ha- having my head down and working my tail off and momming the heart out of it has worked so far because it's so intense. But now it's like, okay, we're walking into that empty nest kind of stage alone. Total reprioritization. Like who am I? What the heck am I doing? Yeah. So I can see how this kind of work comes in over and over and over as you go through life. I can, I can see what that'd be important. And, and transitions. Yeah. Lindsay, I, my first weekend, both my daughter was in her high school year. My son was an adult, but living at home, but they were both gone for a full weekend. I had grand dreams of all of the things I was going to get done, organize the basement, purge this closet, do that. And they left and I had a panic moment. I realized I had no idea how to be home alone. Not only was it just the kids and I, but we were the house that all of the friends came to and right. So it wasn't a busy weekend and we didn't have any games or concerts or running around. And I panicked and I I started calling all my, who's out? Who is anyone doing anything? Is, can I come meet someone somewhere? Do you have plans? What's yeah. going on? It was so terrifying. different. Yeah. And then it was, and it was a, it was a complete learning experience and started a whole new journey of re-empowering myself and, and redetermining who I was right. Figuring yeah. that out. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a big milestone to tackle. Absolutely. I can see that. Hmm. So we have some lightning round yeah. questions that we'd love to oh, ask you before we let you go. Um, do you have any traditions or rituals that you've created for your your family or yourself um, in this, I guess, ideal schedule that you've got? Monthly family dinner nights are not not negotiable. Um, once they're on the calendar, the kids know they stay as well. I, sometimes they get called into work. We know that happens, but um, we're very on purpose with that. That uh, We also, when we do have family dinner night, always start with talking about what we're most excited about that happened in the last month. We start with gratitude. I think it's important to live with daily gratitude, but it was important for me to teach mm-hmm. my children that as well. And, um, and then we do a lot of volunteering nice. together. So my kids tell me I voluntold them their whole life. They, nice. <laughs> they had to do that. It, it helped them grow into young philanthropists, which is really cool to watch a 22 and a 26 year old turn around and want to help, um, society as a whole and want to give back. That was very, very important. Um, I would say those are the biggest things that we do. And then uh, my favorite, so we're, we're Christmas celebrators. And Christmas morning, I volunteer um, every Christmas morning. I get home and I make a big brunch. My kids come over now in pajamas because we never got out of our pajamas when they still lived at home. And we have a brunch together and we sit in jammies and play board games. And it's just us hanging out with the dogs and that's, that's our Christmas day. Nobody gets to interrupt it. Family happens on Christmas Eve or the week to follow, whatever that looks like. Nice. So those are, those are probably our biggest. Those are really grounding. Yeah. 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 Really I especially wonderful. love the gratitude. I think that's really important. Yeah. 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 Since you yeah. mentioned um, having to recalibrate after your kids kind of flew the coop. <laughs> um, what is your favorite activity that you get to do just for you? Boating. Okay. 
it's my, it, it's the one place you'll, you'll see me sit still. I'm not very good at that, but it's, it's my solace. I, I will go out and float for a couple of hours. Just being on the water is, that's my, that's my soul. What kind of boat? Sailboat. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's it's a, that's a pontoon boat. Um, I used to have more of a wakeboarding boat, but the kids don't come out and play as much anymore. And so I got (laughs) to. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I love that. It's so fun. What's the most important thing that you picked up growing up from your parents or from your influences around you? Very good question. How to love everybody. We moved around quite a bit and that was just what our childhood was. And so it's one of those reframing moments, right? I could have looked at that as a, woe is me. I never got to stay in one school very long, but I got to meet a ton of different people and learn how to communicate with a ton of different personality styles. And I just love people. And because of that, I believe people love me back. And that that's the biggest thing I could have gotten mm, out of my childhood. That's a beautiful reframe. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's great. Okay. This one might be a little tougher, but Last who one. inspires you and why? Well, Carmel, you've had help in that. There are so many people. Um, the, the, so many people I could, I could do general terms, but if I, if I think of people by name, my goodness, there's a woman, Whitney Hammond, out of Canada that has quite the story and was a single mom and is a single mom, but her children also now grown. She's a grandma um, and actually at one point was in a shelter and has grown into a multi-million dollar um, practice and raised her kids. And and uh, like she's just a phenomenal story and a philanthropist on top of okay. it that gives back. But the people, the people in life that that are truly living to their values, regardless of what's going on around them and do wake, wake up with purpose and gratitude and do that on a daily basis. Those are the people I love watching and inspire me the most. Mm. I love it. And now I'm going to have to look, I had never heard of her. Whitney Hammonds. I'm going to have to go find her. Now we're going to be Googling. I will make a connection. Actually, I said her name. She should probably be talking to you. Yes. We'd love to hear from her. And in Canada, we're both in Canada. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. We have an in. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, Taryn, this has been an absolutely beautiful conversation. Who knew that there was so much to talk about when it comes to productivity and like, it's really all about your values right. and where you want to go with your life. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Before you leave, we want to give a big shout out to our friend and musician, Laura Kosh who wrote our intro slash outro music. Laura is the singer-songwriter for the band The Quirks, and you can find them online at thequirks.com. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share it with other single parents in your life. Thanks for listening.